Okay, let's talk Coach of the Year candidates. So, you're up first. Coach of the Year as of right now, if the season ends today. When people ask me how you determine Coach of the Year. For coaches that are overachieving, surprising, yep. right? Yep, yep. Very loose and right. qualitative. I said Dan Campbell. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mike McDaniel, the Miami Dolphins. Really yeah. good one, TJ. You said D'Amico Ryan's, right? It's gotta be D'Amico Ryan. Um, I've got another one that nobody's mentioning right now. I'm talking about Kevin Stefanski. Kyle Shanahan should be coach of the year. Feel like he's not getting a whole lot of credit out there. Let's dive into why Kyle Shanahan is the best coach of the NFL and why he should bring that award home. Let's get into it, y'all. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ryan Tige, back in action, holiday edition. Wanted to jump on here, need to talk about Kyle Shanahan, coach of the year. Why isn't he getting much love about it? Why am I hearing other coaches' names brought up, but not his? So I had to jump on. And I'm going to give you my pitch and my reasonings as to why Shanahan should be, without question, coach of the year in this season. So when we look at Kyle Shanahan's tenure as a San Francisco 49ers head coach, well, what has he done? Well, he's turned around the franchise since becoming the head coach. He built the roster full of absolute dogs with an elite culture. He also deserves a lot of credit for the roster that the Niners currently have on both sides of the ball. You have to remember he, when he signed on to the job, he took a chance bringing on GM John Lynch, who had no previous front office experience. And John Lynch happens to be a dog himself, but that means something. And Kyle deserves a lot of credit for this current roster that we see that is absolutely balling. And of course he has an offensive scheme, which many teams around the NFL today now copy but i understand nfl coach of the year as it says in its title is a yearly award so let's talk about this year i feel like historically when i look back and tick and the buzz i've been hearing around coaches of the year this year seem to be awarded to either brand new head coaches or coaches that start to turn around a historically bad program those typically seems to be the ones that are getting all the buzz and being talked about the most throughout the media and the internet of which I check frequently. Some of the names that I'm hearing is D'Amico Ryan. Where did D'Amico Ryan come from? Came up from Shanahan's tutelage. Also hearing Mike McDaniel, another Kyle Shanahan disciple. So that means something. I'm also hearing Dan Campbell. I'll get into my reasons why that should not happen, better not happen and why Kyle should win this. So let's focus on this year. Currently, as we sit here today, the 49ers have already locked up the NFC West division. They also are solely at the top of the NFC in the number one seed, solely in first place. And finally, they are tied for the best record in the NFL. Two teams with the same record, that is the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens, which with the upcoming matchup, We'll see how that goes. Going to be a great game, but I digress. Let's get back to Shanahan. As we sit here today on the current roster of the 49ers, we don't have one, not one, but we have two of the top five leading MVP candidates for the entire NFL. Mr. Brock Purdy himself 
and the great white hope himself, CMC. We are the only team in the NFL out of 32 teams that have not one, but two candidates that are in top tier in voting for overall MVP for the entire National Football League. And when you consider the haters of Purdy, their number one counter argument about why he shouldn't win NFL MVP, what are the common themes we hear? He's got a lot of weapons and he's got a master play caller. So that should score some points for anybody out there who's a Purdy detractor. And those points should go to Shanahan himself as coach of the year. Let's look at both sides of the ball. The 49ers offense, the 49ers offense efficiency is ranked top five in all major categories, all major metrics. I'm not going to drill into every metric because that honestly would just be boring as shit. But it is important to note because statistics lead to how people vote for these types of things. And the one stat I do like to highlight when we're just talking about Offensive efficiency is the 49ers are currently second in the NFL in passing yards, but rank 32nd in pass attempts. 32nd in pass attempts. That is efficiency to the supreme level. Another factoid I found quite interesting is the 49ers have scored more touchdowns this year then they have punted the football. Whew. Let me say that again. The 49ers have scored more touchdowns than they actually have punted this season. They've scored 53 touchdowns and have only had 43 punts. Side note, and when the punts do happen, Mitch Wisnaski is crushing the shit out of the ball. Love the Aussie. That guy's unbelievable. That knuckle punt, oh, it's good stuff. It's great stuff. But with that being said, that is an insane metric. I don't know if there's any other team in the NFL that can say that. I highly doubt it. But that goes back to my main point of their efficiency is at an elite tier one level that I don't think any other team could match. Not even close. If you've watched any numerous videos of play breakdowns, if you've listened to some of my other videos, if you watched linear television and see them break it down, how many times have we seen when Purdy throws an absolute dart, the person on the receiving end of that, there is not a defender within five to 10 yards. That is insane. And that is scheme. So that is a Kyle Shanahan scheming plays open. And then of course the boys go out there and execute it. And that's what Kyle does. Kyle exposes the weakness of the team that the Niners are playing. He absolutely exposes them. Hell, he even will take perceived weaknesses of players on the team. And I'll give you an example. He'll take perceived weaknesses and use it against that team and score a touchdown. Here's my example. Debo Samuel has been getting a lot of kind of side chatter from various other people I listen to around the internet, the TV, about when he doesn't get the ball, he's not giving 100% effort. In my opinion... In my opinion, he doesn't always go as hard as I think he could. Okay, Don't forget it. It's just my opinion. Don't freak out. You watch him when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Okay, But for me, the reason this motion is so cool for the Dolphins is because their guys go a 1,000 miles an hour. 
as I mean, as fast as they can, they're sprinting. And you tell me if we're sprinting here. I just don't think he he's not taking full advantage of it. That's not a thousand miles an hour. That's more like. Maybe Kyle heard that. Maybe he didn't. But I think there's no way of saying he didn't hear it because what did he do? He took that perceived weakness in this Arizona Cardinals game, dialed up that play, Debo running half-ass across the formation, and then leaking out. And then what did Purdy do? Purdy delivered a strike, and it scored a touchdown. There's levels to this shit. And when you talk about scheme, he is one step ahead of everybody, whether it's offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or any other coaches that are out there. He literally took a perceived weakness that Debo Samuel doesn't give 100% effort, dialed up a play around that to then score a motherfucking touchdown. Man, the crazy thing is we practiced that, and in my head I'm like, yo, no way like this is going to be this wide open, but I came around and seen nobody, and Cal put that in, and normally when he puts stuff in, it works. Were you supposed to kind of just be... You know, acting like you weren't a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely was part of the play of going across and not being as fast to draw a little attention and just be lazy a little bit, and it worked. <laughs> that is sick. That is poetry in motion. That is next-level brain power genius type stuff that we're witnessing. And hopefully, for people that are 49ers fans, you guys are able to put the pieces together and also notice this and just sit back witnessing greatness from all parties on the 49ers. Another thing I like to point out that I've seen a ton this year is the notoriety, the wide receivers and Kittle, but the wide receivers blocking downfield. I've seen so many people on TV and the internet talking about the effort the receivers get when they're blocking downfield and how they're bought in trying to help Christian or Debo score a touchdown. So even when they're not getting the ball, they're blocking and they're blocking downfield to give their running back or the person with the ball the best chance to go as far as fucking possible. Football, we've got the ball. Let's see what we can do with it to start the half. Trying to do something here with Christian McCaffrey. Got a bruising block from Brandon Ayuk. Got another from Ray Ray McLeod. Turned it into I've seen more videos about that than I think really anything else is the notoriety of the wide receivers blocking downfield. You see Juan Jennings, you see BA, you see Debo, you see Kittle. And that is coaching. All the praise on how this team's bought in coaching wide receivers, blocking downfield coaching. And where does it all come from? Kyle's culture scheme and what he demands of his players and the ones that have been getting notoriety, wide receivers, that is coaching. Kyle demands it. And we see what that leads to. Touchdowns, explosive plays, you name it. Especially when there's been a lot of bad press about other receivers really not doing anything in terms of blocking downfield, i.e. the Steelers clip that's been going around where he literally does nothing. He taps the DB and then the running back gets tackled by that player. So... Not a good look, but a great look for the Niners, and they've been doing it all season. Hell, they've been doing it since Kyle's been a coach here. It's just now starting to pick up notoriety because people are are picking up on it that our receivers are dogs. I think we just, I think we've been doing that for years now. I think people just the league starting to notice, wanting their receivers to play like that. Um, 
you guys and the fans as well too. So to be clear, the efficiency applies to both the run and the pass game. Christian McCaffrey currently leads the NFL in touchdowns scored at 20. He's tied in the NFL with who? Raheem Mostert, former 49ers, playing for Kyle Shanahan disciple, Mike McDaniel. So he's got a running back that leads the NFL in touchdown score. He also leads in rushing yards and receiving yards. Basically in every metric and category for a running back, Christian McCaffrey is the NFL leader. And to piggyback off that, for the first time ever, first time ever in the NFL, a team with two skilled players are going to have five rushing touchdowns and five receiving touchdowns. Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. First time ever in the NFL, five rushing touchdowns and five receiving touchdown from two separate skill players. That's never happened. And what is that? That's Kyle dialing up plays, knowing what the defense is going to do and just being one step ahead. So that is unbelievable. And that metric is definitely worth mentioning just because it ain't never happened in the NFL. And then of course, just looking at the passing game, we potentially have three receivers that are going to all have a thousand plus yards receiving. So BA is already there. Debo's approaching it and Kittle's approaching it. So not only are we doing in the run game, but it's just as relevant as efficiency wise from the pass game, which you can give a lot of credit to Purdy to. He deserves a lot of credit. He deserves MVP, but we're talking about Shanahan here and you can just see his offense is not based around one person. It's the collective and it's just, it's masterful to watch. So if you don't want to take it from me, I got two clips to show you from former players analyzing the run and pass game of Kyle Shanahan and why his offense is special. So let's let's hear a breakdown from a nine-year NFL vet, Darius Butler, who played nickel, corner, and safety in the secondary over his nine-year career. Let's hear him break down this play and speak to Kyle's creativity and play design. At D, but good offense. So your offensive fans out there, whew. This is the team you want to watch. You see them every week pretty much on here and in the trenches. It's the reason why. So cover three right here. Hook a true cover three. Pause it real quick. So you got different cover threes. Same coverage, but people play it differently. Sometimes it's a more of a match concept, which means these flat defenders are going to run in match routes, almost like man to man, depending on who comes in your zone. Or we call it a high school cover three, which we all learn. You get to your, your uh, areas, whether it's curl, flat, hook, curl, deep post, deep third, and then you play it out. This is a high school cover three right here. So deep third player, hook curl player. Christian McCaffrey, you're gonna see Brock Purdy escape the pocket. Christian McCaffrey is gonna escape right through kind of like the C gap. Pause it. So now, as this hook curl defender, he's gonna stay in his area. This deep third defender, he's kind of gonna go to Brandon Ayuk. He's also gonna take both of these defenders. So he's gonna clear this out. And now you got Christian McCaffrey was gonna run up and they just almost run like a slot fade from the backfield and end up wide open. This flat defender's on juice in the flat. Brock escapes the pocket. You'll see it better from the tight copy. Jeez. And now you have, you watch the tape, you're like, how the fuck does Christian McCaffrey get that wide ass open? That's how it happens. I don't think I've ever seen this route in- Slot frame from the backfield? Yeah, just a slot, just running up and then kind of bowing out to the open area. Never seen this route. So that's something you're not seeing on tape a bunch. And then Brock does a good job. A lot of people just say he sits in the pocket and he throws the great players. He does that sometimes, but this is him escaping the pocket, extending the play. And is this supposed to go play. here, you think? And he just decides to take it there? I don't know. I, I almost think it's designed to run to, to be this way because of you. they know the rules too. They know that that's what you know, great offensive coaches do. They attack your Ooh, coverage rules. So you know 
hey, this corner's probably gonna run with that guy. We're gonna have Juice in the flat. He's gonna be occupying that flat defender. And then you're just gonna have Chris McCaffrey, obviously one of the, probably their best player on the team, be wide ass open in the flat. So it's Brock extending the play. And it's also a great play design as well. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. That was pass. Now let's hear something on the run side. Let's hear from another NFL vet. This guy won a Super Bowl as a coach and as a player. He was an offensive lineman, A.Q. Shipley. Let's hear what he has to say about Kyle Shanahan's run game and play design. This team is not IU. You're right, A.Q. Hey, they're unbelievable. And listen, let's just talk a little bit about why they're so good. And it starts with their head coach, offensive play caller. Shanahan does such a good job at creating angles across the board. Like I said last week, most of these zone schemes, we're always chasing a guy. They will always be working back to a guy. Watch Trent as he goes here to the front side, works a little combo block with the tight end, comes back. You also get a hell of a pancake by Jake Brendel. Used to be in Miami. Gump, you guys could use him at center right now. Oh, He's doing a heck of a job. Thank you. Oh, shit, AQ. Check this. Boom! There it is. Now we get Kittle out in front, and they have some of the biggest holes you'll see all year long always because they always have angles. You get ass cheek, you get ass cheek. You got 10 yards of fucking space for CMC Jeez, to run through. nobody there. I mean, there's nobody. And it's all because of what they do. And they steal a guy always with their motions. So that should sum it up and put a period or a stamp on the offensive side of the ball. This doesn't just apply to the offense. The defense is just as good and are top tier in the NFL. So when we look at defensive side of the ball for the 49ers, in the simplest forms, what are kind of the two biggest things that makes a good defense? It's just the simplest way to put it. TDs allowed and takeaways. So how many touchdowns are you giving up a game? And then how many times are you taking the ball away to give it back and giving your offense another opportunity? Well, the 49ers defense have only allowed 23 touchdowns. That ranks second in the entire NFL. The only other team ahead of that at the number one is the Baltimore Ravens who have only allowed 20 touchdowns, I believe. So the 49ers are second in touchdowns allowed. Regarding takeaways, I think you can guess it. They are number one in takeaways in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. And I know it's kind of been forgot. This is all being done with a, once again, a new defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes is in his first year as 49ers defensive coordinator. Where have the previous D coordinators gone? Well, Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryan, they've gotten head coaching jobs. So when you come work for Kyle, basically you're in a fast track to get head coaching interviews and then potentially a job. So with Wilkes being a first-time D coordinator for the 49ers, you have to remember the three-game streak when there was a lot of people going at Wilkes, rightfully so. I did a video about it. I thought he had a lot of blame to place. And then what kind of changed things? Well, outside of getting Chase Young, who's a beast, Steve Wilkes came down from the booth to the field. And let me be clear, that was not Steve Wilkes' choice or decision. That was a Kyle Shanahan decision. That was a huge move because we have seen the success the defense now has with Wilkes being on the field. Players talk about it all the time, being able to get immediate feedback when you need to make adjustments or showing emotion, being able to pick somebody up when they're down. When you're in a booth, you can't do that. You're talking through a headset and then you got to ring down to talk to somebody and then you may have time to talk to one of the guys that you want to talk to versus being on the sideline when you can talk to five different guys, give some pats in the ass saying good job and then bring somebody up if they might've messed up on something or had an MA. 
So that was a Kyle Shanahan decision. It's not going to be considered as anything that will go through towards coach of the year, but I think it's something worth emphasizing because it has made a massive change to this defense. The players have talked about it. Wilkes has talked about it. It's been nothing but successful from both sides, coaches and players. So that's been huge. So the bottom line, Kyle Shanahan is not getting enough credit. A lot has to do with it because the team has been dominating for the past couple of years. The biggest thing I think should go into this is back to my Dan Campbell comment earlier, because he's getting a lot of buzz about being potentially coach of the year for the Detroit Lions. The biggest difference between Shanahan and Dan Campbell, Shanahan has a direct impact on the game. What do I mean by that? Kyle Shanahan has two roles, head coach and offensive coordinator. He is directly affecting every single game, just as much as the quarterback, essentially, because he's calling every play. Dan Campbell, I think he's awesome. I love everything about him, but he's a CEO. He's not calling plays. He's not calling the defense. So when you're a coach, a head coach, and getting considered for coach of the year, people who have direct impacts on the game, those guys should automatically go above anybody else who's just more of the CEO type. I think that is probably the biggest takeaway that can be discussed around coach of the year award that I haven't really heard about and shed some light onto because that makes a massive difference when you're a play caller as well as a head coach. And when your team's successful, you deserve more success. So to repeat or recap what I just mentioned, the 49ers are ranked number one in offensive touchdowns in the entire NFL, and they rank number two on the defensive side on touchdowns allowed. So they rank one and two. When you look at every single power ranking, who's number one? The 49ers. Head coach, Kyle Shanahan. So shouldn't the coach of the best team in the NFL be the coach of the year? I don't know. You tell me. Till next time, y'all. Like, subscribe, comment. Hit me up. Hey. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Ooh. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and the giddy up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the bus. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and the giddy up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the bus. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Ooh. I've been on the flex since flex home. Neighborhood all in your eardrums.